Is raising our kids on the ranch to have a good work ethic and know what the cycle of life looks like the biggest lessons they can learn? The one place that we probably fall short more than any other place in agriculture is teaching our kids about finances, about money. Alan Crockett, ranching consultant business coach, is back with me to discuss how we as parents can use the classroom that our ranch provides us to help our kids become savvy to running a ranching business or any business for that matter. Knowing how to raise raise livestock is different than knowing how to run a business where livestock are raised. But as it is in many things, we must maintain the balance if we want our ranching heritage to move on to the next generation. But at the same time, if we're not having fun out there, why are the kids going to ever, ever going to want to come home? Raising kids on the ranch on today's episode of the Working Ranch Radio Show. Well, hi, everyone, and we welcome you back here again to another episode of the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm Justin Mills, and we're glad to have you tuned in here today on our program. How are you all doing today? I know uh, there's weather moving across the country, so we're all kind of getting situated for that. But I, I got to tell you, I have to share a story with you because as I'm, as we're doing our program here today, I'm kind of sitting here with a little bit of a pinched nerve or something in my back. And I'll tell you where that stems from. And that was from a very harrowing experience that we had this past week we were moving a big upright cake feeder i think it holds about 20 ton of cake in it uh out to our cow camp ranch i'd bought it from a neighbor a year ago and we hadn't moved it out there and the process of getting that down and stood back up to say the least was very nerve-wracking and i and i was wondering i thought i had put my neck out because i'd sneezed funny but it wasn't that i think it was so tense from that whole process uh, of getting that cake band moved and the biggest probably tension part of it was getting the thing stood back up and hoping it wasn't going to tip over all the way as we were pulling it up but nevertheless we got it done cake uh, a semi load of cake came in this last week so we are ready for uh, more winter as it appears it's going to happen meteorologist Day will be joining us towards the tail end of our program to talk more about that. On today's show, though, we're going to be talking about raising kids on the ranch. And yeah, you know, as ranch kids, a lot of us kind of had the leg up or felt we had the leg up because we knew how to work. We knew what it was like. We'd seen the cycle of life. We knew animal husbandry skills. We were around livestock and just a lot of things that allowed us to be very productive in other areas, in other things that we did in life. But to add to that is there's also elements in terms of teaching our kids to be business savvy and using the as as we we refer to it as the classroom of the ranch environment to do that and it's a great discussion today alan crockett who i've had on here before is going to be joining us he is a business coach and also a ranching consultant he's been doing that for quite a while he is out of wilcox arizona he will be joining us on our show to talk a little bit more about that a quick thank you to our sponsor of this segment here today american simmental association you know and we are right here at bull buying season. And there was a survey done several years ago that showed the different breeds of bulls sourced by commercial producers. And did you know that the largest growth in bull breed type during that time was bulls with Sim Genetics? Yeah, heterosis works, which is why with Simmental, it's more per head, period. Find out more at Simmental.org. Now, speaking of bull sales, you know, a couple of weeks ago, if you joined us on our show, we talked with Jeremy Martin and Travis Chrisman with Stockman Source Bull Sale. That's their 10th 
10th annual open house bull sale and it's coming up february 4th in fact it's just right around the corner here and that will be on dv auction that's 3 p.m central time if you can get there in person it's 35 miles southwest of north platte nebraska jeremy and gail martin's ranch but they're going to be selling about 100 head of coming two-year-old semi-angus bulls and 35 head of coming two angus bulls as well these are all ranch raised balanced bulls bred for low input but yield performance on the rail to find out more or to look at a catalog you can go to their website ssbeefbulls.com stockman source 10th annual bull sale coming up on february 4th you can also catch that as i said before on dv auction well right now let's check in with the captain tim o'burn he is publisher and editor of working ranch magazine for this week's edition of tim's two cents Hey, Justin. Hey, everybody out there in Working Ranch Radio Land. Thank you so much, everybody that shows up on my Friday Facebook post. What's going on out there in Facebook land? Love it when you guys post your videos, your photos, your comments, your questions even. And uh, we we also have some questions for you. Like, you know, what are you doing right there? What is that? And uh, we learn a lot, have a lot of fun. Thank you very much for that. Now here, this is off topic of the beef uh, industry that we're all up to our armpits in. Um, who the heck would have thought that this would come around? Now, I am in my early 60s. I was like nine years old when uh, uh, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin landed on the moon. So you folks remember when that happened from our uh, age group. And guess what? The other day, I read this headline in our local newspaper here. Astronaut Buzz Aldrin marries longtime love on his birthday. Now, get this. Mr. Aldrin is 93 years old, and I'm just sitting back in my big fat chair with my big bowl of Cheetos thinking to myself, how the heck did that happen? That I literally watched this man walk on the moon in 1969, and in 2023, I'm congratulating him on his marriage. Back to you, Justin. Strange things out there. All right. Thanks, Captain. And there's really not uh, much I can harass you on about how old you are since you shared with us how uh, your age. But uh, I was just going to tell you that, you know, the that information there about the moon land, and that was something that kids my age read about in, in encyclopedias. And those encyclopedias were already decades old. So uh, not to not to make you feel old or anything like that. But, uh, well, maybe I am. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, the Captain Tim O'Burn joining us here today for his edition of Tim's Two Cents. Thank you for that. Oh, by the way, he just finished up the March issue uh, of the Working Ranch magazine that will be headed out to the mailbox. In fact, you can also get copies of it. I will be down in New Orleans, in Louisiana, for the 2023 Cattle Convention down there and the trade show that's all going on down there. Be sure to stop through the trade show, say hi, and also pick up the March issue of Working Ranch magazine if you're there as well. Well, stay with us. When we come back, we're going to get into our featured topic raising kids on the ranch alan crockett my guest stay with us we'll get into it when we come back on the working ranch radio show Starting off in the right direction is essential to gaining an advantage later when you go to market your calves. And I have proof that the right direction is with Sim Angus Sired Calves. A 2020 study by K-State showed that Sim Angus Sired Steer Calves earn more at sale time 
than all other breed identified sire groups with at least 50 lots represented on Superior Livestock's 2020 summer sales. The proof's right there. For low-risk, high-potential calves with earning potential, be confident that Sim Genetics will give you more per head, period. Stand strong, Simmental. And we welcome you back here to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm Justin Mills as we head now into our feature topic for the day. And uh, this is a topic that's probably been brewing in my mind for a while now, in addition to some questions that I've had from different folks in regards to us as as ranchers. And we have our kids that are growing up here on the ranch. And there's just uh, not only in, in the parenting side of things and how we teach them to be <laughs> good uh, to our society and, and everything, but also how can we take their experience here on the ranch and put them on the right foot going forward. And so to talk and help me uh, talk through all of this, uh, I'm going to have a guest joining us here today that we've had before. Alan Crockett is joining me here today, business coach and ranching consultant. And Alan, thanks for joining us here today on the Working Ranch Radio Show. You're welcome, Justin. Always a pleasure to visit with you and, and be part of the show. Thank you. You bet. And folks, I don't know if you remember, I did have Alan back on episode 82. It was the six P's to a healthy ranching business that a lot of folks must have enjoyed because we had quite a few downloads on that. So if you had not had a chance to go back and listen to episode 82 on the six P's to a healthy ranching business, I encourage you to do that. Alan, I called you on this because partly because of your many years of experience of as a ranch consultant and You've got kids yourself, and to me, there's a little bit of a dilemma, not only as parents, every parents have dilemma with raising their kids, but as a ranch, in a ranch setting, um, I think sometimes we there's some other elements in there, and, and as ranch families, we, do, we really do want to get our kids off to a good start, and, and we've, we we believe that we have the ability to, to, to leave this, leave the ranch with a good work ethic, and there's just lots of different elements that come into to being parents of ranch kids that um, I believe a lot of parents struggle with and so from your perspective um you know just some overall comment to that before we start diving into some of this stuff yeah obviously we want our children to go, grow up and be good citizens in the country wherever they live and whatever they do and and contribute to society in meaningful ways and that kind of thing obviously that includes having a good work ethic and and uh obviously in integrity and and honesty and and treating people with respect and that kind of thing. And so we we want them to grow up and understand those kinds of things. But on the other side of that, I think we, they need to grow up and understand some of the business aspects that come from ranching, whether they stay in ranching and move on to something else. But just the business side of it, the financial side of it, maybe what they can do with some of their money, how they could invest it and that kind of thing. So Part of it is, is yeah, raising kids on a ranch is a great place to raise them. Uh, they learn responsibility, they get to work, and they get to be outdoors and the things that we enjoy, but also teaching them some other things that will that maybe will help them have a more fulfilling life, whether whether they're involved in the ranch later on in life or, or not. Mm-hmm. I, as you were talking there, I was thinking to myself that, you know, really the the ranch environment and and the work that we have in front of us and and the different experiences these kids have create a great classroom uh, that I believe that we have, to be quite honest with you, I guess I feel that it gives us an edge as ranching families over other kids. I think it's a great classroom, but the classroom, you can have the best classroom in the world, but if you don't use the experiences right, then it's uh, the great classroom isn't going to matter. Yeah, exactly. Because, 
the classroom's part of it, but we've got to be a good teacher at the same time and, and instruct them and allow them to learn, set up opportunities for them to learn and that kind of thing. And even, you know, we see calves die, we see a baby colt die or an older horse die or a cow die, and, and death is part of life all around us. And we get to see that and experience that on, on a ranch firsthand. And obviously ecology and what we're trying to do in building soil health and, and growing grass and those kinds of things all fit in, into this, this equation also. But we have to be good teachers to our children in order for that classroom to really be effective the way we want it to. Mm-hmm. A couple of weeks ago, I had mentioned to the captain, Tim O'Byrne, I had told him some things that I was doing with, with my kids in terms of, uh, I had basically told them several years ago, and I've got five kids, but I had told them early on, I said, you know, kids, here's the deal. I'm not going to pay for your college. You're going to, A, have to get good grades so you can try to get any scholarship money you can get. Uh, and then there's some other things we can do. And so I guess this is, the, as I was segueing here into that comment, mainly talking about, you know, parents' responsibilities or in terms of uh, how do we, how can we help them uh, with that, whether it's going to college or is it the parents' responsibility to pay for college? or And then at the same time, you add on another layer to that is should we be compensating for their labor? How do we compensate for labor? You know, there's just, you can keep going with a lot of different things here, Alan, and what, and I know as you and I were talking, prepping for this show, it's like, then we revert back to, well, how we were raised. And then that's a whole nother dialogue of how we treat kids too. Yeah. Obviously today we're living in a different world than what, than what we were raised. And I don't care if you're 30 years old or 80 years old, it's a different world today than it was even 10, 15 years ago. It's, it's changing fast all around us. So that we can't just say, well, this is the way I was raised. So this is the way I'm going to raise my kids. I think, I think we can look at some of the positive things in the way we were raised and take those and apply them in the way we, we raise our kids. But at the same time, the world is changing and, and society is changing and our kids need to be able to adapt to that also. As far as college, I guess we're going to open a big can of worms <laughs> yeah, on this one. Yeah. I'm sure there's all kinds of opinions out there. Yes, it's the parent's responsibility to pay for college or no, it's not the parent's responsibility. It's their own responsibility. And I think we have a responsibility to teach our ki- our children, as I said earlier, a, a good work ethic, to be honest, to treat others with respect, and 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 those kinds of things. But when they turn eighteen, they're adults now, and so I think it's time that they take some responsibility on. And and if they've done well in high school and got good grades, or or if they have some athletic potential and, and can get an athletic scholarship. There's other things that they can do to help pay for college that doesn't need to drain mom and dad. You know, I think kids need to step up and take some responsibility there. And again, we're probably opening a can of worms and maybe I'm being a little bit vague, but, but once they turn 18, they're, they're adults and, and we should treat them like that. And, and they should take responsibility for their actions and, and what they're going to do, whether that's college or a, a trade school, a vocational school, whatever it is, that's that's kind of on them at that point in time. And if we need to help out now and then, well, maybe we do. But, but yeah, I, 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 that's my opinion. Yeah, well, I it, can see probably some of our listeners' their <laughs> eyes are rolling as we yeah. as we say that. <laughs> well, and I guess you know some of this. I feel as farms and ranches already. It's as we've talked about here on on our show quite often. I mean, I'm a, a big proponent of trying to get our ranches to a point to where we're thinking as a business and we're operating as a profitable business. 
but it's not like we got so much for some for some that there's so much profit out there that said, okay, kids, you want to go to a private college at forty thousand a year, you know, do it. They can. I mean, the state colleges or junior colleges, and even those to some extent might put a strain on mom and dad to have to pay for that, and so. That's where some of this is is, is sort of stemming from, and, and maybe I jumped the gun a little bit as we were talking about college. Let's let's go back and talk about when they're when they're in the home and we've got labor. Uh, they're they're helping out on the ranch, and uh, boy, there's there's again that's maybe a whole other can of worms that we're getting into there. But I think we need to probably go through some different avenues there in terms of how do we compensate for labor? Should we compensate for labor? And from a from a ranching perspective, and I've got some some opinions on this. I guess as well. How do we handle these kids in terms of using their labor as a, a learning mechanism in in this classroom of life? You know that that's that's really great that, that we get to have this discussion, Justin. To me, it's um, you know, and you and you mentioned it early on when you started talking there. You know, we're, we're trying more and more to treat this ranch like a business and and have it generate a profit, and and it should be a business and. An, and in order to be a viable business, it needs to generate a profit. So if it's generating profit, and that should be on top of the salary that we pay ourselves as ranch owners and operators, but then there comes a time with the kids, well, should we pay the kids? Should we not pay them? And right up front before I dive in, I'll, I'll tell you, I've seen, I've seen both sides of this uh, in the extreme. I've seen it where kids don't get anything because – you know, you live here, and so you work to, to live here. And, and that's weekends after school, summer vacations, Christmas break, spring break, et cetera. You know, that's, that's just part of it. And, and then you look at kids going to school, you know, being raised in the city. Well, you know, they don't work like kids do like that. They don't have to work every day after school and, and go do a bunch of chores or before school weekends and holidays and and summer breaks are not spent on long hours in a saddle or building fence and and etc i've seen the other extreme where i knew a guy that from the from the time his kids were in their early teens he paid them but in paying them he also took out social security tax and and all of them treated him just like a regular employee and they were they were paid by the hour with the standard deductions that go to the government and everything else. And, and, and most of us fall someplace in between those two extremes, but I've seen both extremes. I've seen it where the kids get to run some cows mm-hmm. and the calves are sold and, and the calf check goes to the kids and the kids don't have to pay any expenses, uh, supplement feed, health, vaccines, vet check, any of that kind of stuff. They don't pay. It's included, but they work for that. And so I guess someplace in there, there's there's a happy medium that both the business can afford and can do and probably ought to do, but at the same time, teach the kids some financial responsibility of what to do with that calf check when they get it and how to invest it and and those kinds of things. So if we're going to say, okay, kids, we're not paying for your college, but yet you have to work here and you don't get paid for working here, well, where's the motivation to work there, number one? And certainly, where's the motivation to come back after college and, and be part of that kind of an operation? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, because I think, you know, and I've got sons, the two extremes, one that just lives and dies to be out doing ranch work and one that's not so much. And I've struggled in my mind of not making it, you know, you don't want to make it so miserable for the second one that doesn't really want to be out there that he just despises the life that he grew up in, you know, and so that's a 
def- definitely a, a balance there. My guest today, Alan Crockett, business coach and ranching consultant. We're talking about uh, our topic here today is as parents, how do we how do we deal with our ranch kids in terms of getting them ready to go and, and compensation with for the labor? How do we do that? Uh, we're going to continue with that more when we come back. I'm going to share uh, basically some things that I do here. Not that I've got it figured out, but just to bounce some ideas off uh, of Alan with that as well. And we're con- going to continue to talk about that. And really, what is our ultimate goal when they leave the house? Where do we want them at? That's going to be one of the things we talk about coming up when we return on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Set up the next generation for a productive lifetime with Zinpro Avela 4. Achieve productive success in your cows with 20% increased conception rate and a 16-day tighter calving interval. Calves from cows supplemented with Zinpro hit the ground running with improved immunity and 28 more pounds at weaning. Allow your cows and calves to perform to their full potential with Zinpro Avela 4. And we welcome you back here to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm Justin Mills. My guest today is Alan Crockett, business coach and ranching consultant. As we are talking about, as parents of ranch kids, and it's uh, how do we how do we work with these kids and and bring them through this classroom as we were referring to in the first segment, using the experiences and the and the life of growing up on a ranch as a classroom to when they leave and leave the home that they are ready to be good contributors to our society in more ways. I think we're going to talk about in some other ways that maybe you haven't thought about. We always think that, yeah, our, our ranch kids really are good, hardworking kids and they and they have that work ethic. But there's some other things I think we need to talk about. We're going to explore that here a little bit more today. In the last segment, uh, Alan and I were talking about uh, compensation for kids uh, that do work on, that are helping you, your kids that are helping you here on the ranch. And there's a wide uh, array of ways that it's probably done out there. And I thought it would be interesting uh, to kind of share something that I do, Alan, and that was basically I felt that I couldn't really afford to just stroke a check for these kids to go to college uh, later on when they go on and I kind of put a lot of pressure on them to have good grades and work towards getting scholarships so that some of their college was paid for if they chose to go to college or a technical school of some sort but one of the things I was able to do was be able to run some livestock for them and so we do that I can I can run livestock for them it was something that my dad did for me through high school and through college and it was something that in hindsight I look back and realize how grateful I should have been more <laughs> to my dad and how thankful I was that he did that for me now because it, you know when I graduated from high school and then went on into college I had about a hundred head of sheep and those sheep were able to generate some revenue while I was in college and so I've taken that example that my dad did for me and passed it on to my kids as well allowing them to run some livestock with expectations though and being very clear and sitting down from with them from time to time to say okay here's how much you're getting paid this year and this is the you know this is the amount of work that we're doing so that they see that there's some financial so that the I guess so that the work that they're doing on the ranch they understand that they're getting some payment for it and I'm not trying to raise kids that expect payment on everything they do I want them to you know to be just be able to jump in and, and do work but I think um, the other side of it for me as a business that once these kids leave my leave the ranch and I no longer have their help I might need help and I need to be able to afford that. And if I've never yet absorbed that cost of labor into my business, it's going to be a shock to my business when they leave and then I have to go find a hired hand. Yeah, you're absolutely right there. And, and again, you mentioned it early on and we talked about it earlier too, is 
you know, is this ranch really a viable business? And if it is, then it should be kicking off a profit, not only a financial, but also an economic profit. But in the process of that, um, whether or not we pay our kids, we should be able to afford to pay them. And maybe in the beginning when we're starting out, money's tight and that kind of thing, and, and, and we're not able to do that. But later on, if, if this truly is a business, we should be able to afford to pay them. And that way, even if we didn't, if the money was there and we let them run cows or sheep or something like you indicated, and they get that check and, and it's theirs in, in exchange for their labor, that's all fine and dandy because when they're gone, like you say, all of a sudden now I got to go hire either a full-time guy or I got to pay day laborers or something like that. And when we do that, now it, be, it, it is a shock to the business if, if we are not in, in a position that we can really afford to do that. And so it, it behooves us to, to make this a business and have it be a viable business economically, financially, ecologically, uh, people-wise, and all those aspects so that we can afford to pay whoever works there whatever they're worth. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I say we can't afford to. I didn't say we have to, but that we can't afford to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As you and I were prepping for this show, and, and I had talked to you the week before, um, one of the basis or, or common things that we talked in conversation was a book that I know I've heard you reference many, many times uh, as I've heard you talk with folks, uh, and it's Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert uh, Kiyosaki. And you've referenced it quite a bit. And when, when I went through that book, as I come away from that book, I realize that as parents of children, and again, this could probably be in any setting, but it, as ranch kids as well, where they do have some access to making money, whether it's through 4-H or, or, or FFA market animals and projects that they might have. I realize that maybe some of, some of my intense focus of just really hard driving towards, boy, you guys really need to work hard and, and you shouldn't have to be told everything to do. You find things to do. And while that is all still good and fine, I believe I wasn't probably focusing in some other areas. And that was some of the financial savviness that we should use this classroom to get these kids into. And that book is probably something to me that really shone a big light on a deficit that I may be doing with my kids of not really getting them to that point of knowing the difference between an asset and a liability and how they can take their money and make it work for them. Yeah, I think that's, that's a really good comment, Justin. It, uh, you know, we, we teach our kids how to, how to catch a horse and how to put a saddle on him and how to ride. And we teach them how to, how to doctor a calf, you know, in the beginning, maybe they're that branding. They're the, they're the kid that gets to stick a needle in and, and, you know, give a vaccine. And then later on, they get a little bit bigger and they get to hold them down. And, and then a little bit bigger, they get to start dragging calves and, and eventually maybe they get to put, put the brand on and, and all of those things come and, and we teach them all of those kinds of things, but we don't teach them how to read a cash flow. We don't teach them how to understand a gross margin. We don't teach them what a good investment looks like. And as as you referenced Kiyosaki, you know the difference between an asset and a liability. And 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 his definition, you know, an asset puts money into your pocket. A liability takes money out of your pocket. And and we don't really teach them those things. Uh, and we really ought to be doing that because the world that that they are growing up in is is a completely different world and we're seeing inflation again that 
that's been pretty easy to deal with until the last couple of years, and it, and it's going way up again. Hopefully, it never goes back to like what we saw in in the early '80s and 18 and 20 and 22 percent interest rates on operating loans and those kinds of things. But our kids need to have an understanding of finances and and money and and it's easy for kids to get credit cards. You know, teenagers, college kids, high school kids to get credit cards. It's easy for adults to get lots of credit cards. And if we're not careful, we just use those. And all of a sudden, we have a big balance on them. We can't pay it off. We don't know what to do. So all of that responsibility comes comes in not only from a business perspective, but also from a co- consumer uh, perspective. And and making wise choices with, with their money, how they want to trade their life's energy for money and what that looks like. And when, when we start looking at, you know, I, I worked this many hours for this much money or I did this much work for this much money, now I'm going to go take this money and go buy something with it. When we put that back into how much time it took us to, to make that money, it puts a little different perspective on things. And, and I think our kids need to understand that. Mm-hmm. And I think as you were talking, I thought that was going through my head a lot of times when we start talking financial and money issues, a thing that goes through people's mind as well, greed and, you, you know, the love of money. And, and that's just the, the, the root of evil and, and a lot of different phrases that we've heard. And the the thing that I, I guess I felt, I've always felt too, and, you know, and this is coming probably in a way from a, a biblical standpoint in my mind is that I believe that we are supposed to be good stewards of what we have. And I, and that has been something that has really been a big shape in my personal life and something that I try to instill in my kids is that stewards in every element of your life, it's your time, your money, um, just any element of your life of, of being good stewards. And so when you, as you were talking about that, the balance in, in all of this is that, is that it's, there's nothing wrong with being a good steward and and making money and and generating cash and and becoming somebody that has money to spend and and make good investments there's nothing wrong with that you're absolutely right there is nothing wrong with that and 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 those biblical terms that you threw out there and and are so many so often misquoted and misunderstood and and that kind of thing and it our kids need to have desires to be profitable and make money. And we need to have those desires and, and then be good stewards of that money, like you said. Uh, just like we try to be good stewards of the land, good stewards of our livestock, uh, good stewards stewards of our health, we need to be good stewards, stewards of our money and and set ourselves up so that later on in life, we're not a burden to our children because we didn't do that. And now we need some health care that we can't afford and because we weren't good stewards of our money or we become a burden on our on our children financially because we didn't take care of money the way we should have we didn't invest it right and so i think that's part of the teaching that needs to go on there and yet that's the one place that we probably fall short more than any other place in agriculture is teaching our kids about finances about money you know if we're going to run cows for our kids or or livestock, whatever that is, I don't think there's anything wrong with going to the bank and letting the kid borrow the money. And yeah, we're going to have to co-sign with them because they don't have any credit. But so what? Let's do that. Help them develop some credit. But at the same time, okay, now you borrowed money for these cows or these sheep or whatever it is you have out here. 
that we're allowing you to run, you know, for part of your salary or all your salary that you work here. But at the same time, you get money. Now, there's some things you have to do with that money. You've got a cow note now, so you've got to make a payment back to the bank. And you better put some away for a rainy day, but maybe you better invest some of that. And, and here's some opportunities or here's some places where you could invest some of that money and and set an example for them in that process. Yeah. My guest today is Alan Crockett. Uh, we are talking just the issues that we as parents have with uh, raising our kids on a ranch not that they're bad issues but it's just it's things that we think about as parents of, of of you know how do we take them to the next step in life and how do we handle them while they're in the in, in the house and paying them potentially for for labor and and juggling all of those issues that's kind of all in all our topic here today we've got one more segment when we come back with alan we're going to continue on that and we're going to get back into more of a balance on this because we've been talking on some certain things and we're going to bring it all around and kind of bring it to a balance here in a final point when we come back here on the working ranch radio show don't keep your cow calf herd data in a notebook keep it in the cloud with performance ranch and say so long to decoding handwritten notes performance ranch is an easy to use app that simplifies record keeping and makes decision making easier keep track of herd inventory monitor health records and manage costs all from your ipad or iphone Group texting important herd data? Delete it. Use Performance Ranch instead. Go to performancelivestockanalytics.com and be the first to know when Performance Ranch is ready to launch. And we welcome you back here to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm Justin Mills. My guest today, Alan Crockett, business coach and ranching consultant. And we're talking about the the dilemma we as parents have in the ranching world of just bringing our kids up in this classroom of that we referred to in our first segment that we that we have here a, a great classroom to uh, bring our kids into where they can learn to work hard. But then at the same time, are we putting a lot of putting uh, the focus into getting them to a point to where they're good financially and they get, have a good uh, financial savviness about them and understand that. And at the break, Alan and I were talking a bit about you know, kind of the balance in all of this as we bring it back as parents, there's things that we do for them. But at the same time, I believe, Alan, as you and I were talking, that these kids also need to know the, the, the experiences that they have need to be real, too, because we can't just subsidize their life here as as ranch kids. And then they don't really have a clear understanding of a true profit and loss. I mean, they go to the 4-H sell and they sell their steer for $5 a pound. And we're a long ways from $5 a pound for 1300 pound steers on the market right now or their pig or their sheep at absorbent prices and and so there needs to be some realness there not that it's wrong to go do those things or take advantage of those but we also need to be show these kids where the balance is in life as well yeah i think it's great the kids get to you know have the responsibility and the opportunity to, to raise an animal uh, typically they get a discount at the feed store because they're in 4-h or ffa and and that, and then, like you say, when they sell them at the fair, they get an exorbitant price for them, and that's all fine and dandy. Use that money to go to college or to invest someplace. Do something with it. Don't just blow it and waste it. But at the same time, we as parents, I think we need to to sit down with them and give them a dose of reality that hey, you know, that's great right now while you're a kid and you're in high school, but when you get out in the real world, you're not going to see that kind of discount at the feed store and you're not going to see the exorbitant prices just because you raise something when you sell your 300 calves or 500 calves or 100 whatever it is 
you won't get those exorbitant prices that you got when you were when you were selling calves at, at the county fair. So, so bring them back in, into reality there. Take advantage of that. Put the money away. If they do that and do well at it, they'll they'll have a good chunk of change to 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 use to go to college or invest in something or to start their own their own livestock enterprise of some sort. But teach them what that is and 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 teach them you know this balance thing that. It's not all work, work, work all the time. Yeah, there's times when we're branding, when we're shipping, and those times of years that we're, we're going to put in some long hours, and, and that's just part of being in this business. But at the same time, if we're not having fun out there, why are the kids going to ever, ever going to want to come home? They really need to have time off to do things, to enjoy hobbies. It just can't be work, work, work all the time especially if dad's yelling at him and cussing at him all the time when we're working. And, and maybe we didn't experience that as kids. I certainly didn't, but I've seen lots of them that have. Yeah. We referenced before the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book that um, some of these, some of the our conversation has, has been revolving around. And as I look through that book, I'm going to sort of short, really, really short summarize some things that I pulled out of that as we as we look at, at dealing with our ranch kids. And that is, you know, teaching them the financial savvies, savviness that's important. But at the same time, as I read through this, he uses uh, his example in life of having to work for, you know, a dime an hour. And 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 how he just thought he was just getting ripped off and i and then at the same time going on beyond that through life and then uh, once he was kind of learning some savviness to to being a business mind in this how he was kind of the always pushing the envelope and didn't find value in in some of the normal schooling and and things of of that nature but then at the same time at the very end kind of revolves back around as though while we need to push the envelope and always be thinking outside the box we still always have to be learning and you can't let your ego get so important that you think you know it all and so all of that to summarize alan i guess i've come a full circle in this is that our kids do need to know some tough times because if you don't have some tough times, how are you going to learn from that? I think about my own my own life. Some of the biggest lessons I've ever learned was through the school of hard knocks and the tuition there is extremely high, but the lesson learned was ingrained in you. And I think it is important that these kids realize that there's some tough times and they need to do that while they're under your roof. Yeah, absolutely. I, you're right. And golly sakes, I, I just think of this last year the droughts that have hit many parts of the country and and where I'm at we had a great year a great summer lots of lots of moisture we grew a lot of feed but my cows weren't here last year they they were in they started out in northwest Oklahoma they went to southeast Oklahoma and then to northwest Arkansas and I hit three droughts one after another and every time I got started it green grass and things looked good and then we hit a drought and at the end of the year uh, that drought took its toll, and 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 there was some collateral damage from that. And it's not going to take me out of the game. It didn't take me out. But kids understanding that and and seeing that, and I think we as parents, if if we don't, if we're not open with our kids about that, when we get into a drought or a blizzard situation, and we have some death loss, or the market tanks on us and things go south. If we're not sharing that with our kids and letting them learn and grow, even through our own dealings with those kinds of things, but also with their cattle or their livestock, if they have some, 
that they have to go through that. It's better to to fail forward and fail fast and get that learning experience and then move on and be able to understand what happened. Because as you mentioned, the, the tuition is can be pretty expensive. Uh, I have a client that, that told me he learned from one of his mentors one time. He says, I've never lost money, but I've sure paid some some horrendous tuition a time or two. And, and I guess that's what we're looking at. Yeah, maybe we didn't lose money, but we sure the tuition was uh, put us in the red this year. And, and so I think if we can share those experiences with our kids so that they understand that, but at the same time, that balance that, yeah, we take time off and we go do some things outside the ranch and, and they get to socialize and, and be part of something besides just work, work, work. Mm-hmm. As we kind of wrap up here, we just got a little bit of time here. One of the things that it circles back to in that book, and I keep referencing that because that's also what really spurred my mind along on this topic was while we can look at, at traditional education and find some holes in that in terms of just kind of that cookie cutter mindset of, of education that's out there and and the value is we tell our kids to push, you know, push the envelope, think outside the box. That's, and we always want them to do that. But that doesn't mean that we stop being learners. And that was something I pulled out of that. That's just, that's, that's huge. Absolutely. I, I love the term that we need to be lifelong learners and, and continue to learn. And whether that's learning from other rancher that's doing something different than the way we're doing it, I, I think that's, you know, if the kid is going to come home to the ranch, I think it's great that they go work at least one other place for a couple of years before they come home and, and maybe two or three places for a couple of years with the intention of learning different ways of doing things and then coming home. I love the book, The E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. We're talking about you know Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, but the E and the E-Myth is the entrepreneurial myth. And, and, and what he gets into in the book is, in my words, is knowing how to raise raise livestock is different than knowing how to run a business where livestock are raised. You know, we, we grow up knowing how to take care of cattle, so we think we can run a business where cattle are, are there. And those are two completely different things. We need to learn the business side of that. And and I think we can, you know, when our kids are in high school, and for sure when they're in, high, in college, we ought to be giving them a list of books. You know, read this book and let's talk about it when you're home at Christmas or you know, when you get finished, let's let's have a discussion about rich dad, poor dad, or let's have a discussion about the E Myth Revisited or Essentialism uh, by Greg McEwen or some of those really good books on business and leadership and that kind of thing. I think it, we as parents we ought to use those as some of our textbooks in our classroom. Mm-hmm not just the range and, and the ranch and what's going on out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alan, as you were talking there, I, I was thinking, you know, the kids are going to be like, oh, man, not another book. But when they get to be 40, 50 years old, they're going to appreciate what mom and dad did for them. And I think some of this, is, as you and I have talked about, this stems from we talk about sustainability in agriculture from the land sides, but there's sustainability that we need to be thinking about from the business side. And that is if we want to be ranching in 40, 50 years, this has got to be sustain. This has got to be a business mind. And I think if you want to prepare these kids for that, boy, it starts there. Yeah. They've, they've got to have the business understanding and, and, and too many times when things money's tight or we're in a drought or we had a blizzard or the market's down or whatever, we want to just suck that up ourselves and all right, we'll figure this out. I think, I think we need to get the kids involved and let them 
let them suffer a little bit with us on that and understand that. And, and then when things are good, let them experience that and, and share in the plenty with us a little bit too. So. Mm-hmm. You bet. I appreciate you joining us. We've covered a lot of things here today, and I we could probably do a whole other show and just keep talking about this. And I know this would be the kind of show that if, if we were a, a live-type call-in show that we would probably have the phones ringing off the hook and some different questions that would come. And so I sure appreciate you joining us here on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Glad to be here with you, Justin. Always good to visit with you. I appreciate you and your and your wife, your family, and what you're doing and what you're doing on the show. So thank you for having me again. And and look forward to to another one somewhere down the road. You bet. Definitely, we will. And again, my guest today has been Alan Crockett, a ranching consultant and business coach, a good friend of mine for many years. I sure appreciate his friendship and for him joining us on our program here today. If you have questions for him or you'd like to get a hold of him about some of the services that he can provide, you can sure give him a call at 520-253-0040. And before we head out and head into the next segment, just some final comments that I wanted to add to this. And while we talked today, our focus was about what are some of the things that we can do to help our kids as they're growing up in the home in this classroom of a of ranch setting and how we can the, some of the basics things and the business savvy knowledge that we can teach them and help them to understand those kinds of things i do want to go back to a couple things and alan referenced this a few times and i do not want to overlook this because while we some of the things we talked today were very very important and and we need to i think could be very helpful for many of us in the ranching with uh, with ranch families Fundamentally, though, I believe that it all starts with, and and Alan mentioned this, you know, kids that have integrity, kids that have honesty, have high morals, high standards. I think there's a lot of it that goes back to that as well, because it doesn't matter. And that's not just because you grew up on a farm or ranch doesn't necessarily mean you have those things. That's something that needs to be modeled in the home without doubt. And it also needs to be expected in the kids as well. And if, uh, and if those kinds of things, if your word is not your bond and you're not an honest person and you do not have integrity, it's really going to be hard to build a house of much success in life without those fundamentals. And I just just want to go back to those and point how important that is as well and in balance with some of the things that we talked about here today. We'll stay with us when we come back. Meteorologist Don Day joins us as we take a look at our long-term weather. We'll be back with more after this. Cattle producers, here's a way to put more dollars in your pocket. Put the Amifirm advantage found in all gain smart mineral to work in your cow herd. Amifirm is the industry leader in increasing fiber digestion. In fact, research shows putting Amifirm to work increases forage utilization by 10%, reducing overall forage costs and allowing you to graze more animals per acre. That's a big time return on your investment. To find which gain smart mineral formula is right for your heard, visit Gainsmart.com. And welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm Justin Mills, as we're joined now by meteorologist Don Day with a look at our long-term weather. And uh, Don, it looks like uh, for a lot of us here this weekend, we're experiencing some pretty uh, cold weather, not maybe to the extent that we saw in the end of December, but we definitely know we are in the winter months. And so as we look into February and getting started here, uh, how does that look as we continue for the next couple of weeks? Well, it looks like there's a lot of winter coming. You mentioned uh, that uh, some very cold weather is going to return to a lot of the the north central and the western states. And that's certainly going to be the case here through the 
first half of the new week. And you're correct. It's not going to be as severe cold as what we did have in the month of December when we had some record cold in many areas. But we're still going to see sub-zero temperatures and sub-zero wind chills, especially for Montana, the Dakotas, Wyoming, parts of Nebraska. We're going to see sub-zero temperatures get as far south as Colorado and portions of Kansas and some really cold, icy, snowy conditions will go across some parts of the southern plains. And then we'll see the cold head into the Midwest and the center, central parts of the U.S., Corn Belt and Great Lakes by late next week and next weekend. So that will be associated with ice and snow in many areas of the Midwest and parts of the South. And uh, we see the pattern out in the Pacific showing storms forming and more cold air still hanging up around Hudson Bay, Canada. So all the ingredients are in place to have February be a very busy month, as it looks like. So for those of you who uh, maybe are looking at the days getting a little longer, hoping that spring is right around the corner, uh, not there yet. <laughs> Hold on for another month or two, month or so. But, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those deals we can... I guess I feel like we've had a fairly mild winter. Now, I know it was pretty abrupt the last two weeks and and for about three weeks in December. But for the most part, it's been pretty mild. It seems like in the past when we've seen that be pretty mild early on, that when it does start to unfold, it really goes. Yeah. You know, and what what I think is a little bit deceiving about the winter is, is that the the mild weather we had when California was so stormy and pushing that Pacific air across the region. I think a lot of folks forgot about how cold it got in December. Um, and now we're seeing that pattern change and the cold is starting to, to come on back again. And so we will see the backside of this winter having a lot of winter in it, you know, and that means episodes of cold and uh, the outlook that we're seeing for the next 30 to 40 days for most of the central and western United States is on the whole to see below average temperatures. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you touched briefly a little bit about this coming week in, in the Southern Plains. And it looked to me, some of your forecasts, that I-80 was kind of a north-south corridor. Maybe it dropped a little bit further than south of I-80. How much far south are we going to see? Because I know that's a little bit of a concern for folks in that part of the country that probably don't have water lines that are six foot deep. Well, yeah, no, we are going to see temperatures go far below average across all of uh, the Southern Plains. That includes Texas, Oklahoma, down into New Mexico, uh, they're going to be looking at temperatures 20, 30 degrees below average by mid to late in the week. And that translates to some days with highs only in the teens and 20s and even some overnight low temperatures that could be down into the single digits in some of the, the northern parts of the northern plains. Uh, so while it's not going to get to the levels of, of cold like we had in 2021, there'll be many areas of Texas that uh, see some more ice and snow. And uh, that would also go into parts of the Southern Rockies as well. Uh, we have seen record amounts of snow in Flagstaff. Uh, some of the snow in Arizona this this winter has been quite amazing. So some of those Southern areas have seen a lot of winter uh, especially the further west you go. Mm -hmm. So maybe a little bit more specific here, because I know you and I are both headed to the deep south. Well, I don't know if you call it deep south, but it is Louisiana, and we're going to be down to New Orleans at the cattle convention. What's it going to look like down there? <laughs> Pretty chilly. You know, <laughs> we're looking at temperatures um, early in the week that are going to be pretty warm. You know, we're talking 60s and 70s. However, uh, by the middle to the end of next week, uh, we're going to see temperatures across a large part of Louisiana that will be in the 30s in the central and northern areas. Now, down near the Gulf Coast, down where we're going to mm -hmm. be, 
it's not going to be that cold, but we're probably looking at temperatures 65 to 70 on Wednesday. By the end of the week, only 50s by Thursday and Friday. All right. All right, Don. Well, appreciate it. Thanks for the update and look forward to talking to you next week. Sounds good. Meteorologist Don Day with a look at our long-term weather. By the way, you can catch him every Monday through Friday morning on his daily video podcast through his YouTube channel, or you can find that through his website at dayweather.com. We'll stay with us when we come back. We're going to talk about what's on tap for next week's show when we return on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Do you have a young child, grandchild, niece, or nephew that loves the weather and wants to learn more? Day Weather has produced a children's weather journal full of weather facts, fun weather experiments, coloring pages, and pages to record weather observations for every season of the year. The weather journal is for ages 3 to 7 and designed to be fun and educational. The interactive weather projects are fun for the whole family to take part in. For only $10, the Day Weather Weather Journal is a great gift idea for any occasion. Click on our Amazon link to order at dayweather.com. Well, if you're one of those that's going to be headed down to New Orleans, Louisiana for the National Cattlemen's Beef Association's 2023 Cattle Convention and Trade Show, be sure to look us up. I will be there in the Working Ranch Magazine booth. Uh, myself and a lot of the other folks with Working Ranch Magazine will be there. Be sure to stop in and say hello. And also, you can grab the March issue of Working Ranch Magazine as well. Well, coming up on next week's Working Ranch Radio Show, we're going to be talking about the idea of picking up and moving your ranching operation to a different geographical location. What does that entail in terms of what are some of the things you should be considering? We're going to be talking with a couple ranch managers that have operated ranches in different parts of the country and some suggestions that they would offer out that might be helpful. Uh, Maybe you're moving from the Midwest to the West or maybe you're just moving from the North to the South or the South to the North. It doesn't matter but there's things that we probably need to consider. We're going to talk about that on next week's edition of the Working Ranch Radio Show. Show. Now, if you'd like to get a hold of me, questions you might have or topics you'd like us to cover, my email address is justin.workingranch at gmail.com. By the way, if you're listening and you like what you heard, be sure to reach out and let us know. Either like it on this uh, podcast site or uh, send me an email. That's always helpful as we plan for future shows. The Working Ranch Radio Show is a production of Working Ranch Magazine. I'm your host, Justin Mills. And until next time, keep your chin down and your mind in the middle. So long.